listening to Green State, a podcast by the Oregon Department of Environmental Quality, the agency responsible for restoring, maintaining, and enhancing the quality of Oregon's air, land, and water. Hello, and welcome back to Green State. I'm Lauren Wordis. And I'm Dylan Darling. And as I said in our last episode, we're both communication staff with the Oregon Department of Environmental Quality. And we are back in the second part of our Where There's Smoke series. The first part was about the past and history of air quality advisories. And we're here today to talk a little bit about the present state. Yeah, and although we'll be going into the future of what might be to come when we talk about smoke and air quality in Oregon. But let's talk about now. Let's talk about the present. And our definition of present is kind of right now, today, summertime in Oregon, wildfire season, but also stretches back to last year, particularly September 2020, when the state saw historic wildfires and historically bad air quality. Right. And so in this episode, we'll mostly be talking about air quality, but we know the September 2020 wildfires destroyed a lot of homes and impacted many Oregonians' lives. So talking about these fires can be traumatic and can bring back a lot of feelings. Um, Just listening to all the information that we share and the people that we talk to share. So please take care of yourself. We've done our best to outline topics and when we talk about specific files in the show notes, so you can double check those before listening to the episode at dequblog.com slash green state. And again, just take a look at the show notes. We'll kick this episode off talking a little bit about the context, things that led up to the wildfires in terms of forestry practices and the wind event and that sort of thing. And then when we go into talking specifically about the fires and the air quality effects, we do have a second warning. So you can pay attention to that as well. Excellent. Thanks, Lauren. As DEQ and communications people with DEQ, part of our job is getting the world out if there's going to be poor air quality or the type of effects of smoke that could lead to health problems, basically the air getting bad to breathe. Yeah, Dylan, that's exactly right. So what folks will see from DEQ is that we issue these air quality advisories, and you probably learn about that in a bunch of ways. And you'll hear us describe what those are, what goes into them, and how we get that information out in the course of this episode. When it comes to air quality advisories and talking about September 2020, part of the reason everything was so historic is we had air quality that was just extremely bad, even hazardous around the state. And there were some people who even called it some of the worst air quality in the world. Uh, You probably remember that if you're in Oregon last September. And so we're going to go into that. We're going to dive into that, what some of the effects were, what caused all that bad smoke. things that led to the September 2020 wildfires. We're going to be focusing primarily on the air quality conditions those fires created, but Janice Peterson with the U.S. Forest Service provided some great context. Well, I think a couple of things are catching up with us. One is, you know, decades of successful fire suppression. Um, You know, we were really good at, you know, jumping on those fire starts, getting them put out, 
Um, that was the approach has been the approach to fire suppression land management for quite a number of years. But eventually you get to a point where you get so much fuel on the ground, you get so much, you know, ingrowth of conifers under understories, you get brush that's built up, you get fallen, you know, trees and branches that build up on the ground. And then you throw in the fact that, you know, we've had pretty widespread drought in the West now for, um, you know, depending on where you look at anywhere from four or five to, to 10 years of fairly extended droughts. And the fires tend, the wildfires tend to just, you know, explode and get really large and really uncontrollable super fast. And now climate change is going to be what causes us to have a real hard time getting out of the mess. Yeah. So Janice provides some really interesting information there about what forest practices were like in the past and how that might be contributing to the larger wildfire events that we're seeing now. So it's useful to have that perspective. And we'll certainly talk more about how that might be changing when we go into our next episode about the future of wildfires and smoke. And these wildfires can really happen at any time during the summer and the dry season. And as Janice described, we have all these conditions that just make fires very prevalent and make it easy for them to, as she says, explode. So what we saw during 2020 was that we made it through a lot of the summer. And then here, Travis Knudsen with the Lane Regional Air Protection Agency talks about what ended up happening towards the end of the 2020 summer. Going through the majority of the summer, I remember we made it into June, you know, July, and then August, and we had yet to really see those big smoke impacts. There hadn't been many wildfires across the state of Oregon at that time. And there was almost a sense that we were lucking out, like we dodged a bullet on this one. And then we had these easterly winds um, that started to pick up. And it was also right around Labor Day weekend where there's a lot of activity of people in their cars, it's camping. Um, it was sort of a ripe conditions for, for those wildfires to, to happen. And unfortunately, they did. And, and we certainly saw the consequences. As I mentioned, to be honest, I was really in the same boat. I started at DEQ in June 2019. Everyone explained to me when I was in my first wildfire season that it was going to be this busy, hectic, all summer long experience. And then there was just a lot less activity in 2019. So as we went through 2020, I really thought that we were in for another quiet wildfire season. So I started at DEQ in October 2019, and previously I was a journalist, and so I've covered a number of wildfire seasons in Oregon and Northern California, and I definitely am with you guys. I thought we had made it through. It was going to be not ho-hum, but definitely not a file season for the books, and things just change so quickly and dramatically, and I just happened here at DEQ with our role as communications, we rotate through air advisory, air quality advisories, and that happened to be the first time I was tasked with doing the air quality advisories was September 2020. So I was very busy in that first <laughs> month. You can sometimes go through a whole month with maybe doing one or two, but we kept having to update people for the whole state. We were getting media calls from all around the country and even internationally. 
and it just made it work-wise for me pretty remarkable. And I think anyone living in Oregon last September, it just stands out as a time that no one would have expected that much smoke for that long. Right. And that's a really good point about the air quality advisories. And I'd forgotten that that was your first foray into that experience. But that is a really essential function to what we do when it comes to wildfires and smoke. So DEQ, along with a lot of other agencies like Oregon Health Authority, the U.S. Forest Service, National Weather Service, and a bunch of others, local counties and that sort of thing, we all gather on one call when we start to see smoke that's unhealthy for sensitive groups. And then we determine whether or not we need an air quality advisory for um, the part of Oregon that's affected to make sure that people know to take the appropriate action to protect their health. And um, one of the really essential people to all of that coordination is Peter Brewer, who's the non-attainment area coordinator here at DEQ, but he does a lot of work with these wildfire air quality coordination calls. Well, I'm Peter Brewer. I'm the air quality attainment coordinator and that handles Klamath Falls, Lakeview, you know, small places that have had wintertime smoke issues for the most part. But I'm also the wildfire smoke coordinator. We're starting to get more calls from people. Uh, people are just planning a trip. Well, we're going to go in a month. We're going to go visit, you know, Bend area, or we're going to go camping at this campground. We tell people, here's what you pay attention to. You know, go online, look at this, look at that. and you should be all right. Unfortunately, I can't tell you to not rent out your put that place. <laughs> Give it up a week early. I can't tell you that. But what I can tell you is look under these sites for air quality and for what's going on with weather and smoke. Yeah. So as Peter was saying, after we issue those air quality advisories and because we issue those air quality advisories, we do get a lot of media calls, as you were saying, but also just calls from people. Once your number is out there as a potential contact, people do call you up and say, I want to go hiking or, you know, we have these plans to be in Oregon at this time. What's the smoke going to be like? And as Peter said, the best thing we can really do is point them to the Oregon Air app, the Oregon Smoke blog, and just make sure that they have all the tools to access that information closer to the time they're going to be there. Great, Lauren. Thanks for listing those resources again. You're going to hear those uh, a number of times throughout this podcast, the Oregon Air app, the Oregon Smoke blog, and then also the Oregon Department of Environmental Quality's Air Quality Index. And this is a way that we quantify what is going on with air quality, basically provide a number to represent how much smoke is impacting the air. And we talked with Tom Voik from DEQ, and he is here to introduce us to the AQI. My name is Tom Roik. I'm the Air Quality Monitoring Manager for DEQ, and I've been with the agency for going on 28 years now. Yeah, and help me, if someone didn't know, can you give me some details about the AQI and the network? Sure. So, so when I say the network, yeah, we have over 63 air quality monitoring stations around the state of Oregon right now that we, we at DEQ maintain. The majority of those are stations where we're monitoring just for particulate, which is particulate could be related to smoke. And so, so you can look, pull up a map 
the air, air quality index, you can pull up a map and you can see on that map every location where DEQ is monitoring around the state. So the air quality index basically provides a both color-coded and kind of health-coded uh, index of what a certain concentration of, of pollutant means in terms of people's health. So it's color-coded from green, meaning good air quality, all the way up to a, a maroon color, which is very hazardous, and, and different um, sections in between that reflect on the potential impacts that, that that air quality level might have on people's health. As Tom said, the air quality index is a range of colors. There's green, yellow, orange, red, and this maroon purple. And so that corresponds in order to good, moderate, unhealthy for sensitive groups, unhealthy for everyone, and hazardous air quality. Obviously, getting worse as that number gets higher, up towards 300 parts per million. Earlier, I mentioned these air quality advisory calls. And so they tie back to the air quality index and these colors that you've been describing, Lauren, particularly if there's going to be an extended period of unhealthy for sensitive groups, which is the orange color, that is when we'll think about doing an air quality advisory. It's basically a heads up to, hey, watch out. There's going to be impacts to air quality by wildfire smoke. You might want to change what you're doing if you're planning to be outside. And these happen throughout fire season. And this summer, it's been different than last year, but it's also been busy. Just recently, we've had fires in the Cascades. As we were talking about this, I pulled up the map and it, I see parts of the state that are impacted by wildfire smoke. So this is becoming a common thing in summertime in Oregon. It's wildfire season and we might be putting out air quality advisories. Exactly. And so as we have these calls, you know, we mentioned the different agencies that are on them and everyone has a different piece that they sort of bring to this puzzle to determine whether or not we need an air quality advisory. One of those people is Rick Graw, who's with the U.S. Forest Service, and he'll talk a little bit about his role on the air quality advisory calls. And just a quick note that he actually says air quality alert, but he means the same thing. Uh, Rick Graw. I'm the Air Quality Program Manager for the USDA Forest Service Pacific Northwest Region. My role has evolved over the years. What I see my role is sort of a, a larger perspective to the decision-making process of whether or not to issue an air quality alert. So uh, it could be anything from looking at uh, meteorology maybe some localized effects that we're not picking up, but we're looking at a larger scale like the state of Oregon. Sometimes it could be uh, looking at the various smoke prediction models that are out there, or maybe when the models aren't gonna be predicting uh, accurately because the fire uh, environment has changed, or a fire moves into different fuels and the emissions change, or the model's not seeing something what's under predicting. Or sometimes some um, on the monitoring side of things, I, I help with understanding where we might have gaps in monitoring and anything else we might need. So while we have people that uh, have each individual roles, my role is sort of kind of all encompassing, I guess. 
So Lauren, once we've decided to put out an air quality advisory, how do we get that word out? So what we're doing at DEQ, we're sort of the official issuers of the air quality advisory. And we do have other partners like Travis Knutson at El Rapa. If the fire or the smoke is impacting Lane County, he'll also issue it um, with us. But what we'll do is we'll put it out on the Oregon Smoke blog. And then we also send that message out via Gov Delivery, which is essentially DEQ's listserv service. And we send that information to 211 in case people call those folks. And then we put it as a banner on the Oregon Air app. So it's right front and center if you open that up on your phone or on the website. Thanks for that, Lauren. And that's how things normally work when it comes to air quality advisories. And we're doing a lot of that work right now, getting messages out about isolated parts of the state that are uh, experiencing smoke effects. But in September 2020, we had fires burning in so many parts of the state and other challenges. There was wind, power outages, just extreme amounts of smoke testing our equipment. Tom is going to go into this more, but I just want to give a quick caution if you're listening and wanting to avoid hearing about specific wildfires from 2020. This might be where you need to pause and check the show notes, see when it's good to rejoin us. Let's hear Tom talk about his experiences in 2020 and what it meant for DEQ's network. But I think like, maybe like a lot of other folks, you know, I was I was at home at the time and looking out my window at a certain point here and seeing this kind of wall of smoke start moving in from the south up into my neighborhood. I think like so many other people experienced it, you know, I experienced that myself at my own home with my own family. And and yeah, those conditions were really, really had a huge impact. How how did it test the system? What was you know, what did you see last fall and what, what else some takeaways that you might have? Yes, well, it was it was very challenging for a number of reasons, partly because we're we're providing that information to the public. And so as we're monitoring our network at a certain point, we started seeing some of our stations shut down for a number of different reasons. For example, the, the equipment in some cases was just being overloaded by the large concentration of particulate in the air. And so some equipment would, of ours would sh- shut down as a result of that. Other, other circumstances, we were seeing power outages in parts of the state. And while there's very little we can do about that, there are circumstances, for example, when the power comes back on, our equipment doesn't automatically restart. So we have to kind of go in and make sure that it does restart. So as much as we possibly can, we can get it back up and running. Also, we saw that our staff are subject to the same poor air quality that other folks do. So while they can go out in the field as needed to maintain our stations, there's a limit to what they could do because they're also being subject to the poor air quality, just like so many other people are. So there were limitations to what we could do and actually keeping our monitoring network up and running. That can be frustrating for us at the same time. I remember that was a real challenge that we were constantly seeing monitors across the state go down, particularly in the Cascades near Detroit and in the southern parts of Oregon and maybe even on the coast where that fire was happening out near Lincoln City. But our staff did a really remarkable job of continuing to get those different monitors back online to make sure that we could 
understand the health impacts and get people the information they needed. Thinking back to September 2020, you got to remember that this is also at a time there was so much about COVID and messaging about what we could and couldn't be doing, wearing masks, social distancing. And so it compounded things, particularly with people needing to move out of the way of the fires and evacuate and everything. Adding to all this challenge was the ongoing COVID situation. Exactly. So Oregon Health Authority works really closely with us to provide public health advice to folks about what to do to protect your health when there's a lot of smoke. And then they were coupling that advice with COVID. So we caught up with Gabriella Goldfarb, who you would have heard in our last episode with Oregon Health Authority. And she talks at first a little bit about what she saw on the public health side, how Oregon Health Authority uses the air quality index to make some decisions, and then how the September 2020 wildfires impacted public health across Oregon. You mentioned the air quality index and that you know green, yellow, orange, red, maroon, that's a great tool for people to help protect themselves and, and know um, when they need to, to stay inside. So we rely on that a lot in our messaging to the public. And we do things like we uh, consult with and provide guidance to, for example, school districts about when they need to pull back from outdoor activities, athletic activities, and things like that. Um, so switching to the 2020 wildfires, there were un- unfortunately a lot of notable and significant <laughs> Um, things that we saw. Um, this we knew because this is what happens, but it, it, it indeed was the case. When smoke does trigger a serious health effect, it'll usually show up within a few days of exposure, but um, some people experience effects up to a week or two weeks after exposure ends. And so when we saw peak smoke, um, I think it was September 7th, you could see as DEQ's air monitors measured rising concentrations of PM 2.5, that small particle that we were talking about, we had a rising line of people coming into our emergency departments and urgent care centers across the state complaining of asthma-like symptoms. And when the smoke went down, when the, the, when the monitors showed a decline, the, the health line didn't follow it as quickly. It stayed high for another couple weeks. We evaluated the the data from those emergency departments and urgent care centers. There was a 22% increase in people coming in complaining of those asthma-like symptoms above what, what we normally see. But the number was different for Latino, Latina, Latinx people in Oregon. Um, for them, it was a 30% increase. So that shows you kind of the disproportionate impacts that smoke can have. And that's a little bit of a teaser for our next episode, but we'll be talking about some of the regulations that different agencies are working on to help protect people, such as folks who work outside. So DEQ, folks who are going out into the field or people whose jobs just tend to be more outside or people who just have disproportionate health impacts. What we are worried about is people breathing in wildfire smoke, and COVID is a respiratory illness. Gabriella went on to talk about how OHA dealt with these compounding disasters, wildfire smoke on top of COVID. And I think we talked about this last time, but it wasn't until listening to all these interviews and talking to people about this, did it really sink in 
how serious the impacts of poor air quality can be. And the first thing you really need to do in these situations is get good, accurate information. But then you have to do something with that information. So when the air quality index says it's unhealthy for everyone and when those air quality advisories goes out, that means that it's really unhealthy for everyone, which is me and it's you and it's it's everyone who's impacted by that smoke. When the smoke gets to hazardous levels like we saw In September 2020, it just, gosh, if there's any way, hopefully that you can avoid being out of time and then take steps to protect your home and just your own airspace. It's the type of thing that you want to start thinking about now and just knowing these resources you can use to to better prepare and know what's going on out there. And there are things that you can do to prepare. And as we heard earlier in this podcast, the time to do it is before there was smoke in your area. So we're going to go into that some. Recognizing that this podcast is coming out in August. And so there are many people across the state of Oregon that have already been impacted by ongoing wildfire smoke throughout this summer. Certainly parts of Oregon have been under an air quality advisory for at least the better part of a month, but there is still there are things you can do when smoke comes your way and before smoke comes your way and if you don't have all the right equipment, then now is the right time to get it if you can. In talking with Anthony Barnack at DEQ's lab, he told me a little bit about what he did during the 2020 wildfires to protect himself and his family in their home when there was so much smoke. The day I saw the smoke come in, I ran over the Lowe's, bought the last air purifier, and then that was the clean room. And I had a a little handheld monitor. You could see the difference in the different rooms. It was relative and wasn't accurate, but you could definitely see how much cleaner it was in the room that had the air purifier. Basically, it was in the good. Mm -hmm. And in the living room, it was more in the moderate. And then later on, it started going the unhealthy sensitive groups. I bought an extra one this year for the living room. And because I guess I did the trends report, I just see the trend it's coming. It's going to happen here. So you might as well just buy the right filtration system, like the MERV 13 filters that you can put into your furnace. The other thing with these old houses is to have some sort of weather stripping. So I like the clay or something to keep, put around the windows, keep the smoke from coming in. And my house is 100 years old. So I, I used a lot of that stuff to keep the smoke out. I, you know, I could walk around with my monitor, my meter and I could see the smoke coming through the window. So when Anthony and I were having that discussion, that's what Anthony told me after asking me what I had done to prepare since I had told him that I was in this older apartment building that had no central air, air conditioning, furnace, anything like that. And so his first question to me was, and what did you do to prepare for this year? Which was such a good point. And like he mentioned, there are a lot of things you can do in terms of getting an air purifier, weather stripping, planning which room will be the clean room. So even if you don't have central air or air conditioning, you can do some things like that. And then just also talk with your friends and family about their preparations, you know, and share information and talk about how you're all going to prepare to protect your health if there are smoky conditions near you. For the darlings, we've gotten MOF 13 filters. We've also then studied up on how to install them. I, I realized I didn't want to just get these filters and then not know how to actually put them in our air system at our house. And then... Or regularly checking 
air quality from DEQ in the app and online. And now, uh, when it's summertime, we're looking up this info before we go out on a trip. It's kind of become like checking road conditions through trip check, which ODOT runs, and it's fantastic. But we do that to see what all the smoke conditions like where we're headed and if we're gonna maybe need to alter our plans if it looks like it's gonna be smoky that's such a great idea so just knowing your resources and planning before you do something so like we said there are lots of ways to find this information and things you can do right now so everyone can go to the oregon smoke blog oregonsmoke.blogspot.com and bookmark that page so you have it handy And then download the Oregon Air app on your phone. It's available for both Apple and Android. And that way, even as you're driving somewhere, you can check the air quality as you go. You can also sign up through GovDelivery for the air pollution advisories list. Those are those air quality advisories Lauren and I have been talking about. You can choose to be notified via email with that. You can also get a filter for your home and even buy some extra. And Oregon Health Authority has some great information on making your own filter with a box fan if that would work best for your home. So you can just go on the internet and search Oregon Health Authority DIY filter and it'll pop right up to the top. And as I said before, just talk to your friends, family, neighbors, really anyone about this. Share information coming out of COVID and the heat wave and everything we've seen this year in the past few years. Let's just be Oregonians who are looking out for other Oregonians. You know, when you say that, Lauren, it reminds me of how growing up, my grandma had air conditioning when we didn't. And so it's just kind of a, a strategy if we got unexpected high heat in the summer. All right, let's go have dinner at grandma's house and maybe even stay over the night so we could all stay cool. And I think in talking with friends and family is just kind of knowing who might have systems with filters and ways of keeping smoke out, particularly if you just are in a situation getting to know who in your own network might be able to help you out. And if not, they're often all public, safe, clean air shelters that you might be able to find. And so if we get to those times, just getting to know where there might be safe air shelters for you, it could be something to take advantage of. And so as we close out this second podcast, I'm sure a lot of folks are wondering, well, what should I expect in the future? We're seeing more wildfires already in 2021, or they're starting earlier, certainly than they did last year, but even starting earlier than they had in previous years. It really kicked off in June. Is this going to be a regular thing? And really, the short answer is yes. But DEQ and our agency partners who deal with wildfires and the impact they have on Oregonians every year are doing a lot of work to figure out how to make things better and get everyone the resources they need. But to learn about that, you have to listen to our next podcast. Anthony sets us up for part three, the future episode of the Weather Smoke series. We put together an air quality trends report, and it shows that frequency and the intensity of wildfires is really ramped up in the last 10 years, but really in the last five years. And it's parts of the state that never used to see wildfire impacts like the Willamette Valley and Portland are now getting them every other year or every year. And parts that get them all the time are they're lasting a lot longer, like Medford and Klamath Falls. They would get a couple of weeks. Now they're getting five weeks. So, I mean, the season is going to start earlier and it's going to end later. 
Thank you for listening to Green State, the Oregon Department of Environmental Quality's podcast. And thanks to all the voices who contributed to the conversation. Our music is by Jason Shaw at audionautics.com. If you enjoyed this podcast, make sure you subscribe so you get our upcoming episodes. You can listen pretty much anywhere you get your podcasts. Feel free to rate and review. And if you have any questions or ideas for topics for us to cover, you can reach us at 503-451-0585 or by email at green.state.oregon.gov. To find out more, go to dequblog.com slash greenstate.